0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every day, but it's seven days a week, only about 13 minutes or so long, but it gets us in God's Word and helps us thereby stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So the more we're in God's word, the stronger and more stable and richer and deeper our faith can become. It also keeps us in contact in our relationship with God and helps us to stay focused in our spiritual lives. You know people who need to refocus their life, don't you? Spiritually? Of course you do. Probably some within your own family. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every single day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. But make that commitment and start sharing with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them. But it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment. Start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to finish up our line of thought and study where we've been talking about seven attacks on our faithfulness, how the devil attacks us and tries to lead us into unfaithfulness or weakness in our faith. You know, you think about the people of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage, led by Moses as God guided Moses to direct them and lead them out of that country and ultimately to the promised land, and how they... After a fairly short period of time, Moses led them to the southern border of the promised land, and he sent 12 spies into the land. Ten of them came back and said, "Uh, we can't do that. Those people are too mighty for us. Those cities are too mighty. They're fortified, and giants live in that land. And two two of the spies came back, and they said, whoa, 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 whoa. God will be with us. We're well able to take that land. Let's go right now. Well, but those ten spies, they influenced the people at large. And we're talking about probably somewhere between one and three million Israelites by this time. And they followed the lead, the guide, the influence of those ten spies who gave the bad report on that land. And so, as a result of their weakness in faith, now God had promised that land to them, but because of their weakness and wishy washiness in their faith, to God, before God, God caused them to turn back from that land and piddle around in the wilderness for about another 38 to 40 years until that entire de- adult generation died off. And then their children grew up greater in faith than they had been, than their fathers and, and, and grandfathers had been. And God led them into that promised land and gave them the victories over the enemies. Well, Faith, faithfulness. Now, we might say, and people, and I've emphasized this many times, including in this particular line of thought and study, a lot of people, they talk about how great their faith is in God, but they don't live a life of faithfulness before him. They don't live by his teachings. They don't uh, serve him. In an active, dedicated way and consistent way, they hardly ever go to a church service of any kind, if ever. They almost never, if ever, open up their Bibles and actually study what it says. Well, how can they have great faith if they're not living a life of faithfulness? They sound good when they're saying those things, but you observe their lifestyle, and it's something completely different than a lifestyle of faithfulness to God and to Christ. Well, we've talked about how the devil will attack us from different directions, attack our faithfulness. And he is our enemy, 1 Peter 5, verse 8. And Peter goes on and says, we need to resist him steadfast in the faith. Now, that's faithfulness. And so we need to be aware of his attacks, his lines of attacks, his of attack, his avenues of attack. And we've talked about six of those, and we're going to talk about the seventh one today. Now, again, you can probably come up with a number of additional avenues of attack that the devil uses against our faithfulness, trying to pull us away from God, trying to weaken our faithfulness to God, trying to lead us into sin. But you know, These are seven basic ones that we can all relate to. They're common. Temptation is the first one. The devil is masterful at challenging our faithfulness through seemingly attractive temptations to sin. Worldliness is another one. We could say this is a form of temptation because the allure of worldly living with all the sexual promiscuity, all of the, the drunkenness and drugging and, and, and all of that, that that confronts us every day at almost every turn moral lapses where we find ourselves weak at a moment when we're confronted with some particular moral temptation and we give in we succumb well our spiritual strength can be weakened by an unclean conscience if we find ourselves having succumbed to a moral lapse for a moment then we need to repent of that take it to god and ask his forgiveness through Jesus Christ, doubt. The devil is skillful at planting doubts in our mind about our faith or about our ability to stay faithful and be dedicated to God. Missing worship and Bible classes with the church on a regular basis, I can virtually guarantee you, you're going to uh, you're going to end up with weak faith. Now, a lot of people would protest. They say, "I don't need the church." Why did God send his son to this world then to establish the church if you think you don't need it? That's the devil talking. He's just using your lips. You need the church because God sent his son to establish the church. And the church is identified in the scriptures variously as the body, the very body of Christ, spiritually speaking, and the family of God and the house of God, You need the church. You need the church desperately, and God knew that, and that's why he sent his son to establish the church. We have a familyhood within the church, and how can you take advantage and grow from that relationship of family, spiritual family in Christ, if you're not with the family as they come together to meet and worship and study God's word? Persecution. We talked about that last time. The temptation to give up on our faithfulness when we're being persecuted in some way, and persecution doesn't always come in the form of physical violence, but there's intimidation, there's verbal abuse, there's uh, people trying to uh, uh, castigate us, you know, withdraw from us because we're trying to live a faithful life. Well, it's it's easy to to be tempted to give up on our faithfulness when we're facing persecution. But God has said he'll always be with us. He'll never leave us as long as we're always walking with him. And Jesus said, be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life, Revelation 2 and verse 10. Now, this last one, fear. Fear can paralyze, and many never become a Christian because they fear they cannot live a faithful Christian life. Do we need to be afraid as Christians? Do we need to be afraid of faithfulness? Well, the devil again will try to to, to put that fear into our hearts, into our heads, but we don't have to succumb to it. The apostle Paul was on a missionary trip to, to, to Corinth, the city of Corinth. And the city of Corinth was a, you talk about a den of sin and promiscuity, uh, that, I think we can categorize it that way. But in, verse, in verse, uh, verses 9 and 10, God, he communicated with Paul. He said, I say God, it, the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent for I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in the city. So the Lord tells Paul, don't be afraid. Speak. Teach the word. Teach the gospel. Teach people about me, about Christianity. Do not keep silent. I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, when Jesus told the apostles as he was ready to ascend back to heaven after having risen from the tomb, after his crucifixion, he told the apostles to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. In other words, get out there and preach the gospel everywhere. And then he says, and that's Matthew 28 and verse 19. In verse 20, he says, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age of the world. Amen. So he says, I'm going to be with you. While you're out there doing what I'm instructing you to do, spreading the gospel, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be watching over you. We look at what Jesus told the apostles on the night of his betrayal. Now, the next day, he knew he would be on the cross. In John chapter 14 and verse 27, he told them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, do I give to you. But then he goes on and says, Let not your heart be troubled, let it neither be afraid. And so he tells the apostles, Jesus knowing he's going to be on the cross the next day. And I think he knew what the response of the apostles was going to be. But he still tells them that night before, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Well, interesting, isn't it? In fact, earlier in that 14th chapter, He said in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. People live in fear to a great extent in our world, and our culture right now is becoming a fearful, more and more fearful culture. But Christians, we can face all of those challenges. We can face dangers and sometimes it's instinctive, you know, like I've I've said, you know, it if uh, you know, you're trying to cross the street and, and all of a sudden an onrushing car is coming at you or you know, that's natural to be fearful. You say, whoa, whoa, whoa you step back. Or you see your child playing in front of a a a, a hot stove and he's starting to reach to touch it. And, and so you run to grab his hand and say, Don't no, 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 don't touch that. It's hot. Well, to some degree at least, those are situations that instigate fearfulness. If someone were to accost you on the street and they pulled a gun and stuck it in your face and said, give me your wallet or give me your purse, okay, there would be some instinctive fear there. But we don't need to live fearfully through life. Because God has said he's going to be with us. And even if someone were to threaten our very physical lives, well, that's the worst they can do to us. But we look forward to eternal life with God in heaven. And so the apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We don't need to live in fear all of the time. And God is not someone we need to be afraid of. God is our father. God wants to be there with us and for us. He wants us to walk with him. James said in James chapter four and verse seven, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. God wants to walk with us as we walk with him. So the devil will attack over and over and over again our faithfulness. He wants to pull us away from God. He wants to lead us into eternal condemnation and hell. But we can be aware of the tactics that he would use, and we can stand guard against them. We'd love to help you by sending you a free Bible study. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and contact us that way. Or you can phone us at 402-212-7882, 402-212-7882. We hope to hear from you soon. Let's pray. Father, We know the devil is our worst enemy, our deadliest enemy. We pray, Father, that you will please guard us and help us to stand aware and beware of all the devil might try to throw at us. Please protect us and strengthen us always and help us to be the shining lights of example of faithfulness to you before everybody around us and thereby influence them to turn to you as well for your protection, for your strength, but for your blessings of forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.